Hello everyone and welcome to Orbital the Galaxy 60 podcast. In today's episode we're going to be talking about the Nintendo Switch which is a new gaming console that Nintendo has announced. So why are three people sitting in India excited about this? Because we are crazy. We love the stuff that Nintendo announces but then the stuff usually never makes it to India and we're still waiting for the first smartphone game from Nintendo to come to India. Um now that that's not happened, let's get excited about another thing that may not come to India at all. So, why is this weird looking console worth uh, worthy of note why should i care about it rishi oh well first of all i'd like to address one small problem there uh yes there is a good chance it's not coming here but that doesn't that has never stopped people before from buying nintendo product we've had the 3ds that's selling quite well in fact for every copy of pokemon sold retailers are able to sell at least one 3ds console and that's at an mrp of roughly uh, 20 25000 rupees So there is an audience people will find a way to get it. Which Nintendo consoles do you have? Uh I have the GameCube, I have the DS, the 3DS, the Game Boy Advance, Game Boy Color, uh the Wii, the Wii U and what the N64. Mikhail, I have uh, two Nintendo 3DSs and I'm probably going to acquire a Wii U very soon. And I had an NES a long time ago in a Galaxy far far away. Yeah. So as you can see clearly, we've somehow managed to acquire a whole bunch of Nintendo hardware even though none of it is officially available in India. True. And yep. still you are excited about the Nintendo Switch. Yeah. So uh the Switch is a very interesting piece of kit. Uh it was earlier known as the Nintendo NX. Um what it does is it has a a screen which you can attach controllers to and take it and use it as a portable. And so when you go out, you can use that to play on the go. And when you when you're home, you can plug it into a dock and when you do that, you can remove the two detachable controllers from the side and you can play on a, on a, on a, on a big tv and it's a pretty cool concept it's something that was leaked uh, a while ago by developers who were working on games for the console and uh, it seems like a pretty interesting innovation from the fact that i mean come on who wouldn't want to play a game like Sky- skyrim or mario with the console like graphics on the go yeah at this point i think we should clarify that uh, while there will be a mario game for sure We don't know if this uh, a Skyrim game is going to come to the Nintendo Switch or not. True, but uh, we'll get into the software part in a bit. Uh, mm. let, let, let's focus on on the cool hardware that that, that comes with this. Yeah. So, uh, if I'm not mistaken, we have a uh, there's uh, the possibility for you to play uh, uh, offline co-op as well, Mike. Yeah, online and offline co-op is what they showed off in the three minute announcement slash teaser, which they released yesterday. and uh, they basically showed off some big name titles like for one they showed skyrim they showed someone playing skyrim on a plane i think <laughs> yeah and uh, also they showed nba a 2k very popular franchise they showed that and they showed people playing that while they were out multiplayer one person detached one controller from the handheld and the other person detached the other yeah. and they were playing mario kart 8 and they were playing nba so this implies a sort of party co-op or party offline play outside the house without internet which would be really good in a like in india yeah i mean like the, the way the hardware seems to be designed it seems to be very thoughtful in the sense that uh if you look at every other game console out on the market you look at the playstation 4 you look at the xbox one even if you look at the pc all of them have a lot of online dependency on it and yes. that doesn't make it quite friendly for indian users i mean if i look at the amount of feedback we get from users saying that I want to buy an Xbox One or a PS4. What internet speed do I have? Or do what internet speed do I need? Is it crucial? So Nintendo's approach has been very considerate this time around, which is nice because uh, I mean we don't have the bandwidth as we all know. 
So more than the actual hardware itself, it's the thought behind the hardware. Uh, even in terms of usage, uh, it doesn't have discs because I mean, if you're going to take a part of the console with you on the go, cartridges make more sense. And, and also, uh, reading data from cartridges is much faster than optical media. What happens on the Xbox One and PlayStation Four is the disc is basically just DRM after it finishes installing the game. So it's not actually reading from the disc like it did in the PS3 and Xbox 360 era for most games. So doing cartridges allows faster storage. It also lets, uh, I think piracy is going to be a problem as it always is with Nintendo stuff because of proprietary storage and things. So yeah, they, they specified a cartridge and they showed someone putting a cartridge into the handheld yeah. while playing something. So Yeah, I mean, that's an interesting point. I mean, I would have assumed that they've just used their cartridge because it, you know, to appeal to the nostalgia factor, like everybody remembers the good old days of uh, gaming where you used to use cartridge and had like 99 games in one and all of that. Uh, but yeah, I mean, if, if it is going to be faster. It will be faster because that's why Sony went for the, they went with cartridges, flash storage basically for the PlayStation Vita when the PSP had uh, the UMD, which is again an optical disc. So yeah, that's why they did it. And uh, I'm, I'm always pro physical media. So this is a good thing. And Nintendo games rarely uh, need big updates compared to like the Xbox One and PlayStation 4, which almost always have at least a gig to be downloaded when you buy a new game. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can even expect things like there's a 5GB download pending and you can't do anything on the console unless you get that update. Yeah, Yeah. that's welcome to Xbox One. But yeah, these things happen. So uh, at least on the Wii U and on the 3DS so far, there have been very few games that need large updates. And most of them are the online focused ones like Splatoon, which was also shown in this, but we'll get to that in a bit. I mean, uh, that aside, in terms of hardware, it looked quite, it looked like quite quite a solid device. I wouldn't call it exactly futuristic. It seemed functional. So it's a nice 6.2-inch uh, IPS LCD panel, which has a 720p display. Do you want to talk a bit about the Joy-Cons? Yeah, so I was getting to that. So it has two, it, it fits two detachable controllers, one on the left and the right. They're called, oddly enough, Joy-Cons. Yeah. Uh, I'm guessing short for Joy Controller, probably a play on the term Joypad or Joystick. And what's really cool is when they're plugged into to your screen, to, uh, to the screen on the switch, uh, they act as controllers. With uh, dual analog. With dual analog, yes. Which is, which is, which basically, think about it as if you had a TV screen and someone plastered, uh, sp- split dual shock into half and plastered one end on, on either side, that, that, which is pretty cool. But what's also more interesting is uh, each of the Joy-Cons can be used by two, two people. So I, I can have uh, the NX screen, sorry, the switch screen as it's called. And have one friend use one Joy-Con, the left Joy-Con. I use the right one and we can actually play games. And they showed that off in the video. They showed that off in Mario Kart, which uh, is basically shows that, you know, it's possible to do that. Which also implies that uh, when you buy the console, you won't have to worry about peripherals too much. Because a lot of uh, the, well, Nintendo's peripherals are notoriously expensive. To buy a replacement Wii U tablet, for example, will cost you at least $200, $250. You know the MRP is much lower. It's because of shortage, supply issues and all that stuff. So it's, it's, a, it's a step in the right direction. Yeah, in this case, at least I was a bit worried about uh, people losing these Joy-Cons because they're so, you know, tiny and you can... I have a feeling they're going to be using some form of uh, magnetic, like MagSafe tech to... Because they also had a... Uh, you could also set up the thing as a stand, like when they showed it off in, on the guy playing on the plane. So I have a feeling they're going to attach and they'll like latch onto it properly so that when you're playing it and... Even if you're playing a game like, say, Mortal Kombat, if it ever comes to it, they won't detach easily while you're playing it and pressing buttons very quickly and all. So, uh, it looked elegant. Uh, I, I'm surprised they went with a very muted 
color scheme i thought it would be like full red and stuff <laughs> like that but but yeah. i'm sure there'll be third party skins oh of course even the vu has a ton of them but yeah. so far pretty excited about it because uh, it just shows that another company is not giving up on portable gaming yet and going by their commercial like triple a gaming on portable maybe back yeah so, which is a which is a big deal because if you think about it the last console that's received uh big budget games on the handheld was the playstation portable we had uh, entries to come, to games like killzone we had entries to games like gran turismo and we even had an assassin's creed assassin's creed game on the and PSP. a cancelled elder scrolls game yeah which we covered on a site <laughs> called gadgets360.com and now uh, it seems like we're going to get a full elder scrolls game in the form of skyrim when it ever releases yeah until then bethesda has given no comment on it yeah. so so point is uh, it could see a resurgence of aaa on mobile as on mobile devices rather mobile portable devices uh reason being uh, there was a period of time where on mo- on mobile phones uh there was an attempt to make big budget triple a games on mobile phones for everyone to play i mean except the f- problem was you didn't have the right control inputs we saw very few successes one was uh, infinity blade the most popular of, of, yeah. of, the, of the bunch but we had but then after that what was there is few and far between right we're just getting ports of uh, games now which traditionally have turn based uh, with a strategy games because uh, when you have turn based input it's easy to do that on a touch screen so we're seeing big name games like banner saga and even uh, the kickstarter project shadow run make their way to touch screens yeah so those things work but this is allowing you to play skyrim on a portable device yeah yeah that's or the new zelda game which is supposedly coming soon yeah that's that's a different level altogether yeah. i think um so do you guys want to talk about the uh, battle life Oh yeah. yeah. So uh, as of now, there's no concrete information about it. But uh, given it's uh, it's running a custom Tegra chip, and uh, given it has to be relatively light, I am not expecting much from it. Although there's still no information yet. What I mean, about you, Rishi? I'm. I honestly think it's. Uh, see, the thing is, was well, if we notice with Nintendo has had a very irregular track record of battery life. Uh, If I look at the DS, the DS had pretty good battery life. You could go on for a couple of days, no issues. The 3DS, not so. I think half of that, a little more, a little less than half actually. Probably five, six hours at a stretch. And if you had the 3D on, even less. Yes, and they did improve it with further iterations of the 3DS. But if we compare it to the Wii U controllers, that needs to be charged every three hours. The Wii U tablet controller, yeah, not the, tablet the Pro controller, controller. Not the that Pro. lasts yeah. for the, days. The Pro controller can survive a nuclear holocaust and still work, <laughs> still work fine. But with the tablet controller for the Wii U it was it needs to be charged every 3 hours so i think uh we might want to keep our expectations in check because while it while the video showed off a lot of social interaction where people would play where people could play with with, with each other via local multiplayer catching up for a game and all that playing around the flight uh i think we should be a little uh we should be a little we should temper our expectations on what to expect i'm not to I'm not too sure that we're going to see great battery life out of the box. Since it is a portable though, I hope uh, it uses micro USB charging for one we haven't seen that. Uh and if it does, maybe power banks will work and almost everyone now has a power bank for their phone. So that would be good. Yeah. So and I mean now that we're speaking about uh, hardware and specifications, um in the console gaming world at least a lot of people like to harp a lot about what uh, specs the console has, how much storage it has. and what kind of connectivity options there are there um, but i guess nintendo is a bit of an outlier in that way in, in the sense that most people don't care about processing power and how fast the graphics chip is it's more about the experience right so it's more about the experience and it's more about their software output when it comes to these things uh, 
but again as of now officially there's been no information made available about what hardware it has inside there have been leaks for the dev kit information yet but we don't have any information yet on the internals yeah. uh, it's been heavily rumored that it uh, is pow- is almost as powerful as an xbox one not an xbox one s so we're pretty much seeing a repeat like nintendo stuff is never at the forefront of power yeah i mean if we take it into perspective the last nintendo console that bothered going into an arms race in terms of specifications was the gamecube and uh, at that time around 2002 2003 it was as powerful as the original xbox which at that time was the king of the hill and uh, it it was a generation when nintendo came dead last i think that's their worst performing console to date and they don't want to repeat the same mistakes you rather focus on innovation innovative gameplay then 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 go with uh, you know the latest cutting edge tech and i think it it's the right time for this because if you think about it uh if you look at pc gaming pc gaming we've reached a plateau where good enough is fine two year two three year old components you can still use and get a good experience at 1080p you look at the playstation 4 sony is pushing things forward with the ps4 pro which honestly i don't see being a big deal because fine 4k is great and all but who has the panels who has the displays same with project scorpio same with virtual reality the entry barrier is too high and nintendo is famous not just for utilizing old tech but using old, old tech well and a good price point so fingers crossed we should see uh, a very interesting bunch of things to come in march yep the reason why we are saying that they use old tech very well is games nintendo is the one company that is known for some excellent first party titles yeah i mean the dream for mario kart 9 is still on let's see how how that pans out um but apart from that what can we expect apart from a sequel to uh, the mario kart game okay so for one obviously mario kart portable and uh, they also showed split screen gameplay while two people were playing offline uh, we are, we are definitely going to see splatoon that's what they showed off and splatoon is very very popular in japan in fact it continues to be in the top 20 best sold games even though it has no marketing there right now uh they showed off skyrim but bethesda is not offering any comment on the release for that yet we're going to see they they proudly displayed this huge uh, spreadsheet which had a lot of company logos like activision which probably does not mean call of duty but it means skylanders <laughs> uh warner brothers which again implies the lego games ubisoft no, has always supported nintendo hardware well like even with the wii u we had zombie u as a launch title i think and we we'll probably see just dance which they confirmed other than that there are a lot of japanese companies as expected but uh, what about you rishi what do you think we're going to see besides the usual fare i think it's interesting because uh, historically nintendo's never had great support from publishers and game companies that were not nintendo they've always the running joke could be in the games industry that if you're making a game for a nintendo console your biggest competition is nintendo because how can you compete against mario zelda and what nintendo usually does is they make one game in each of their franchises for the entire life cycle of the product and they remaster of one or two from the same franchise like yeah. with the Wii U we still haven't seen a original zelda game because breath of the wild is now a cross generation title yeah. mm-hmm. but we saw twilight princess hd which was a remake of twilight princess and, and we saw wind waker hd yeah and so the point is and nintendo also tends to keep their price on the higher side and the, their games hold value as well exactly so you're looking it's a it's a mentality of build it and they come and that works for them now the fact that they've been very open and have been actively courting ea that they've actively been courting activision and take 2 and take 2 which owns 2k and rockstar games which means there is a 
which means they're serious this time around to get more Western support. And you can't blame them because the Japanese game market is in this uh, weird state of flux where mobile has tremendously taken off and you can't depend on it outside a few key franchises like Splatoon. And for, uh, for those of you who don't know, Splatoon is simply a multiplayer shooter, a third-person multiplayer shooter where you keep transforming between a squid and a kid and you traverse the game world through ink. So it's, it's a very bizarre concept and it's worked wonders in Japan. Skyrim, for those of you who don't know, is, well, one of the world, one of the greatest open world role-playing games where you basically can punch dragons in the face and... Uh, take pop, arrows to the knee. Take arrows <laughs> to the knee. And, uh, who can forget that? And uh, essentially get married in the game, do all sorts of crazy cool stuff. And the fact that they're, they're trying to target both ends of the spectrum means that, okay, they, they've decided that... We have to play nice with third parties. We have to make sure there is content across the board. To me, it seems like a signal of intent and it's possibly a make or break situation for Nintendo. I'm sure it is. A uh, short while ago, you mentioned that Nintendo is considerate enough to add offline multiplayer to this uh, console. Yeah. Are they going to be considerate enough to bring this to India? Well, it's a mixed situation right now because like I said at the start of the podcast, people will find a way to get it. That's never been a problem. I mean, if I, I look at this, if I was able to find a GameCube here, which is like the rarest of rare to find of that era, I mean, people won't have a problem getting the Switch in. Will it come in officially though? And to what capacity is a point of interest? Because the last Nintendo console to come here officially, which was sold in places like Landmark and Chroma, and at the time, I think Flipkart, was the Nintendo Wii. And it was brought in with bill, with warranty, with proper paperwork for one simple reason, the demand was super high. It's not like Nintendo came in thinking, oh, this is India's a great market to do business in. It came in because of the consumer demand. And it was brought in by uh, by by importers who imported it in of their own accord. It wasn't official through Nintendo. So uh, I think we're, it's, it's, it's dependent on a couple of factors. One, how much consumer demand there is. Because with the Wii, it, I mean, to give you some perspective, uh, a place like Palika Bazaar in Delhi, uh, during the heydays of the Wii, which is around 2008-2009, they do 300 units a month. And this is just pure gray market. Yeah. So point is, uh, it just depends on how much demand there is. And if that's, if you, if there is a, uh, if there's a greater amount of demand will come in. And even if that's not the case, uh, I'm still a little more hopeful because every, every time a Pokemon game comes in officially, you have the, you have the hardware that also comes in as well, officially, the 3DS. So I'm pretty optimistic that we might see something to what degree, I don't know. But there will be some form of official availability. Yeah, so if um, I'm buying this in India, for example, just assume that I have bought it. Okay. Uh, should I need? Uh, should I worry about whether it's region locked, uh, the console and games? You, in past cases, except for the DS, you would have to worry about this. But uh, again, we don't have any concrete information right now. But rumors are pointing to it being region free. But uh, I don't know to what extent because right now Nintendo's account system and their mobile game Mitomo, they work across multiple countries that are supported by Nintendo. So whether region free means across Nintendo supported countries yeah. or whether they throw a bone to people in India, which if they don't do, maybe we might even see the worst case scenario of an IP based lock where it just work in countries which have Nintendo support. Yeah, that, as far as Nintendo is concerned, India doesn't exist. So they that's, don't, that's yeah. A real point of concern. Even though we, like, we've seen Pokemon games selling and being available, you can pre-order the new Pokemon games from a lot of retailers now already. But uh, honestly, it'll be a little iffy, so... Mm. Yeah. I mean, that aside, it's, it's also... The, I mean, I, I don't think they can continue to ignore India for much longer. Because uh, while most of us are excited about the Switch... 
the the investors their investors aren't too happy uh reason being that they're uh, they're worried that nintendo has ignored china which is a huge market and india and india as well so uh while the company may not decide to bring it in it will still be available they might decide to region lock it people will find a way around it i mean yes mitomo was a big problem people haven't got it we don't even have pokemon go yet and that's from a company that nintendo has a stake in so forget about actual and pokemon company actually has a branch in india yeah i mean they have a uh, representation in yeah india. they have representation here so they have localized versions of the pokemon anime and movies as well yep yep so there is something holding them back from india yeah. so yeah what can we expect in terms of uh, pricing and availability uh rumors point towards a 300 350 dollar price point but i won't be surprised to see them uh and this is something which uh, which which may make sense in certain countries i won't be surprised to see them do a standalone handheld as well mm-hmm. just bundle it separately i mean that's something that could work in markets like japan right? yeah i uh, as again there's no price but the rumors been 300 to 350 what i think will happen is uh, countries like japan where handheld gaming is more prevalent than console gaming we'll see a handheld only bundle at the lower end maybe 250 because charging more for handhelds is a little risky and uh, in countries like your in countries in europe and the usa we'll see uh, 400 dollars with the dock and with the game launch title which will probably be mario but again no information yet So that would allow both ends of the spectrum, and parents who want to buy stuff for their kids at Christmas would buy the low one because three mm-hmm. DS is still really popular in the US. In yeah. fact, it even outsold the PlayStation Four and Xbox One two months ago with Monster Hunter. So, yeah, I'm expecting three hundred for the handheld component only, and four hundred with everything and a game. Yeah, and availability. I mean, uh, March two thousand seventeen across. Uh, we don't no know idea yet, yet but uh, Nintendo Europe, Nintendo's Japanese branch, and Nintendo of America have confirmed March two thousand seventeen, which means pretty much throughout the Nintendo world. Yeah, yeah. probably. But, but uh, they they also said something interesting, which is they are not going to talk more about the Nintendo Switch this year. So that means this is all they gave us for two thousand sixteen, and probably just to make the investors a bit happy. we start hearing more stuff in jan which i think maybe a little too late yeah the timing of the launch is a bit odd isn't it i mean yes before the, the financial year ends yeah i i think what we're going to see is a staggered rollout in march mm-hmm. uh, i won't be surprised if they target the us first followed by uh, europe and then japan simply because uh, you want to go where your key markets are yeah. and uh, i mean yeah considering that they don't plan to talk about the switch anymore this year is a bit disturbing Uh, also keep in mind that while we are optimistic there are a lot of unknowns here for one uh, we don't know how nintendo is going to carry forward its its online component how they, how how they're going to manage the e shop how they're going to manage region locking how they're going to manage uh, purchasing because again with the hand with 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 the console portraying a very you know portable uh, positioning to it with the fact that you can take it on the go i'm hoping that better sense prevails and we see a region free device but who knows So we will see you with another episode of Orbital pretty soon and as always don't forget to rate us on iTunes and follow us on Facebook Twitter YouTube and Instagram at Gadgets360